You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Y'all ready for this? Nine yes, John, what do we talk about? WikiLeaks, your TV is spying on you. Why societies fail? Hockey Talk Torment, the spiritual sequel. And then we talk about the XCOM board game app game. Uh, the Nintendo Switch, we talk about movies Top Gun and Rush. All this and more on the 95 Entertainment System. All recording now, so that's great. That's how, like, that's how we started. <laughs> that was your moment. Okay, we've been sitting here for a half hour. Like, like 20 minutes. difficulties varies. Let's say. Yeah. No, so basically. See, the I, computer was waiting for you to be perfectly embarrassed. Yeah, exactly. They were like, let's wait for Keith's moment. So I think I figured it out, and hopefully the settings will never change again. So welcome to 9 to 5 Entertainment System episode, I don't know, like 130? Yeah. Yeah. That's 130. Nailed it. And uh, what an exciting couple weeks we've had. I think it's been pretty exciting. I mean, I mean, like I listened to 129 episodes of 9 to 5 Entertainment System. So that, that, is that is a long couple weeks. Pretty exciting, Scott. Well done. And best one, 64, as I predicted. I, I was pretty. <laughs> which, was, which was the one that you weren't on? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Was there one? Six, uh, yeah, there's one. There was one when I was in, uh, like, deduct about. 25 or 26 from now. No, maybe a little more. Talked about 30 from now. It's around our episode close to around 100. Uh, it was, it was just one. me and Scott? Yeah, like late 90s. It might, might, might have been you and Sophie and Scott. It was when I was, oh, in, yeah. uh, when I was in Taiwan. Yep. Yeah. Easily the best one. Easily. All I the hits. <laughs> you had Easy one, listening. one extra hit. It was me listening to you, judging you. <laughs> so what's going on, guys? What's happening? Quite a lot. Quite a lot? Yeah. Even, I mean, like, but what do we want to talk about? Okay, I want to start with the WikiLeaks stuff. I, I, as, as, as John's I conspiracy minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a conspiracy minute, okay? Okay, but like, okay. Yeah. So, okay, well, I'll, I'll present the situation, and, and I have, like, I have comments. Like, but I'm just sure present. you do. So, and this, this goes, this, this is important news to not just the people who downloaded and are listening to this podcast that way, mm-hmm. but also those who are listening through the television. That's right, exactly. right now. And we're talking to you, Travis. So the Put leak, your pants back on. The leak, just for the record, was primarily a suite of tools or details about a suite of tools that the CIA has, yeah. which they have, uh, with which they have the ability to spy on essentially every phone, every um, Samsung TV was another big one. Mm-hmm. They uh, apparently have the ability to crash cars remotely. Yep. They... Um, and, and then oh, they have all these backdoors into software that exists in the world, and they actually have direct orders from the president, President Obama to release zero-day exploits that they have in software back to the um, software producers so that they can fix them. And they have been hoarding these things. And so there's all kinds of vulnerabilities in, in a number of companies' software, including Apple, Google, Microsoft, yeah. Yeah, Cisco, yeah. Um, other big ones. And vulnerabilities that are out in the wild right now. But this does affect any any hardware that people actually own. Yes, your your Samsung TV right now, if you are sitting in front of one, Travis can have the camera on. And what's what's awesome is the camera can be on while the TV is off. The microphone on your phone can be recording you while the phone is off. Yeah, like like there's just no protection out there. And (laughs) that's why you disable your sound card. (laughs) That's why you disable your sound card. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was just one step ahead of the game, you guys. <laughs> the, the final part to all of this is that the CIA employs a large network of contractors who, they, who assist them when they're doing surveillance operations. Mm-hmm. These contractors are, do not have the same checks uh, and like background checks that people usually get when they're a member uh, of the when CIA. they're a member of the CIA, yeah. right? As is government government mandated, and so there are huge chunks. Like the what what I I think Hassan said was all, but there are huge chunks of this suite of tools that are out in the wild right now, being thrown around. Right. So they have they have they have dealt a critical a critical a very severe blow to the state of the American technology industry. Now, yeah. my confusion about all of this yes. is that it's just kind of putting in black and white stuff that like. Not to say I would hope that the CIA could do, but like stuff that like movies have led me that the CIA like that ragtag groups of hackers can do this shit. Like if the CIA couldn't do this, wouldn't that be like on their bad? Like the bigger the bigger scandal to me is more the fact that they've let these tools possibly like the the access to the tools are like is more uh, loose than I guess we thought. Like yeah. I don't think that the existence of those tools is a scandal, and it seems like a lot of people are treating the existence of those tools being the scandal. Right. Whereas processing I, power. Processing power is the difference. What do you mean? If you're the CIA and you're in the Pentagon and you've got these giant banks of computer servers that can listen to every microphone on every telephone yeah. in the United States, processing power is the difference between that and a ragtag group of hackers. But the thing is, though, is that don't, like, don't you, in a way, want the CIA to be able to do that stuff when they so, have to? Like, as long as there's the proper rules. This is a fundamental part of computer security. Right. There's no such thing as the good guy getting access through this kind of a tool and the bad guy getting access. Absolutely. That's there's what I'm saying. There's no way ever for that to happen. So as soon as there's a vulnerability, if it is not patched... It's open for everybody. So yeah. no. So these guys having access to this thing, and even they're they're under a presidential mandate to reveal these things back to the 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 technology producers. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. more like the. It's more the managing of that power, not necessarily the power that bugs me. Is what I'm saying. And I, I just the way the way the news is reporting it is more that like your TV could watch you, and I'm like that's not the thing because I was like I feel that if the CIA wants to plug a wiretap on my phone or whatever else like that. Like, there's going to be... Oh, like, and they should be able to do that, yeah. right? But they should have to get a fucking warrant. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. That's and, what I'm saying. It's like it's yeah. not the existence of the tools. It's like the management of the tools, the fact that other people can have it without authorization. Like, And it does, I, does, I don't feel that the media is properly presenting what the scandal is here. Yeah. Because, like, the CIA being able to do that, like, to me, isn't unusual. Because, like I said, with a proper mandate, with a proper warrant, with things are properly like someone who is an actual identified threat and not just like a weird perceived threat and like the CIA self-managing itself and keeping all those bugs yeah. and stuff yeah. like secret. That's the, that's the scandal. But it seems that like most of the coverage that I've seen, at least through mainstream media, is like your TV might be listening to you. And I was like, that's I, I think though that that's that's the way that they get a story like this to hit people. Like the subtlety about the fact that there's no there's no way for a backdoor to be like pre- preserved for only a particular type of user. Like that, the subtlety behind that can never reach uh, like a non technologic yeah. audience. But like a non techie audience is going to understand if my fucking TV's watching me like in Big Brother, and yeah, that's yeah. fine. You know, that's, that's the news. They're gonna <laughs> they they always spin the most like easily approachable angle on these yeah, stories. Like, do you do you subscribe yeah. to our NetSec? Yep. Like I I yeah. I honestly I can I can understand maybe about like half of it. Like yeah. some of the some of the bugs and stuff, but I just like to just like follow along with it to just see like because mostly if you don't subscribe to our NetSec, and I mean I don't know why you would other than just like weird curiosity. It's because it's mostly just like bug catchers and stuff. Yeah. Where it's yeah, just it's like fun. it's just like guys who just mining through code, being like, here's this explode, and some of them are like are terrifying. Where they were like, here's a thing that you can like like a plugin or whatever that you can like attach into like 
like get it onto a person's phone and then it just mines all their Google Maps data and sends it back to you but yeah. without actually like alerting Google Maps of that thing. And it's like, and that guy got paid money by Google to like be like, oh crap, we need to close that door because like you said, it's not just sort of like, oh, this is a good tool for the CIA. It's if the CIA could do it, everybody could do it. Right. So anyway, your TV's watching you. Yep. Travis. <laughs> I don't even know if we have a listener named Travis, but I hope we do. Not anymore. <laughs> put your he's, pants on. He's just smashed his phone into his TV I out the window. I asked you at the beginning of the podcast to put your pants on. The live Travis feed is... I guess the other exciting part to this is that this is a... Uh, Assange said this is 1% of the total data that they have on right. the CIA. That, so there's, there's presumably going to be more exciting stuff to come. I'm very hopeful for the JFK thing. I feel like that's <laughs> going to be in there. There's like... Tons and tons and tons of conspiracy stuff always revolves around the CIA being implicated somehow in association with it. I would I, love I've to. I've got a question for yeah. you since you're the WikiLeaks, I guess, like most read up on. Sure. How is it working that he said that he would give himself up if there was clemency yeah. to Chelsea Manning? And then he was like, I'm in immediate clemency, but like only after the fact. Yeah. That's kind of shitty. I'm kind of like bummed on that. He's got a new girl. He does have a new girl. Life situation has changed. Yeah, I'm just saying, but has there been any more like clarification on it? Because he was like, "I will give myself up to authorities." Yeah, clemency yeah. is Chelsea Manning, and then like within the week, they were like, "Here's clemency. She's gonna get released." Fucking end no, of May. But they, no, no, they're gonna get. You're, they're gonna get. She's gonna get released like half a year from now. Yeah. And he can. He's like, okay, well, I give myself up, and then they're like, oops, we changed the thing, and now she's fair stuck. enough. So that's fucking a crock of but shit. He he's totally reasonable to make that argument, and he it's totally put it in his initial <laughs> offer. Though. Fuck off. He should have said un like okay, but I'm just saying. No. Unconditional release and clemency are two different words. Like, he just wrote all right, clemency. All right, all right, all right. But, okay, you, you, he could have been more precise, but this is a stupid fucking argument. I, I think it was a stupid offer. <clears throat> I don't think he should have made that offer. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that, that, I was like, why would he have said that? Like, it's such a... He, he might have meant it. And I think he, pro he probably would have turned himself in because he would have had no choice. Yeah. I don't like, know. Just like, like I'm saying, because like WikiLeaks's like, reputation has been a huge deal to them, right? Like yeah. their big, their big thing is we've never been wrong about any of these yeah, leaks. Yeah, we've never that, posted like, anything fake. So that's what I'm saying. But yeah. I'm just saying, like use of the like, I don't know, man. Come Pro on, man. Proofread your no, come what, on. no, don't be like, come on, don't say clemency. Clemency doesn't even mean full pardon. Clemency means you're right. Go it can mean on. a huge range of things. So your your interpretation of his use of clemency is different than his interpretation of his use of clemency, and that's fine because clemency is not a specific word. Clemency is a specific word, and it means going easy on someone, and they went easy on her. Not easy enough. But anyway, I'm just saying, like, it's, it was such no, a... No, you're still... It was such a trivial... so spurious. Why, are you, why you know, would you harp just, on this? It's such a trivial thing for him to have used better language. Okay, so... When he, know, when he's, when he, wants, to, when he wants to show integrity. Okay, so maybe he made a little mistake. There, it happens. <laughs> People make fucking mistakes. But the whole thing is they don't make mistakes, and they can't proofread a tweet. Keith, are you fucking serious? Why would you be angry about this? Because it bugs me that you're like, that, not you, but just in general, yeah. that a guy would make like a huge offer, which is like, this guy is like literally on the lam okay, from the American government. Okay, but you are, uh, well, then why would you, okay, the only way that you can get through this, okay, is that you don't see clemency the same way that he does. Okay, but then don't, like, don't make that offer if there's any way to read it gray, if you're completely under scrutiny the way you are. That, it's, it's a bad judgment call. Okay. So is Pamela Anderson. Nah. Don't, let's, if, don't just call into question this one specific <laughs> judgment call. Well, can we, listen, I don't know what it's like to be cooped up in uh, like a consulate or whatever. I mean, like Pamela Anderson might start looking pretty good if not a lot of ladies are coming and visiting you. But, 
I don't want to disparage Pamela Anderson that much. But that's pretty mean. Keith? I mean, I'm just saying that, like, yeah. Kid Rock, Tommy Lee, maybe she might not be the best pairing <laughs> for Julian Assange. She like, likes rock stars, man. Kid Rock, Tommy Lee, Julian Assange. I mean, like, I guess, hair. I guess her definition of bad boy is different than what I assumed it to be. Because <laughs> maybe, maybe because technically, of the three of them, Julian Assange would probably be the worst of the bad boys. How old is she? She might be just a little older than us. Then hackers would be in a in, in the same spot. <laughs> she just she's, like she just 50? like super into hackers. She's fifty, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe she's like fifty. Yeah. I think she was a little older when hackers came out. A little out. too old, maybe. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe she she's young for. I don't age. like. I feel like. Top ten Interpol wanted list that like qualifies as bad boy kind of thing. <laughs> is he on an Interpol wanted list? I don't list? think he is. Well, you I don't know what I mean. When the president is just like arrest that man. Yeah, he's he's certainly like he, the wanted. president wasn't like well, I guess several presidents were. Yeah, multiple presidents, and he's also huh. going to need a new house soon. Yeah, that is a real thing because the Ecuadorian president it's an election year and is like, yeah, like politically. Housing Julian Assange is, like, less cool than it was a few years ago. And he released all of the files that showed the CIA ties that the guy who is getting elected is going has. Yeah. yeah. So, the, like, the whole nation is like, what the fuck is going on? They're all freaking out, thinking yep. that the CIA is manipulating them. Yep. Wonderful. Delightful. CIA is manipulating elections in Central America? Imagine that. What? I'm, I'm pretty sure I learned about that in Mad Magazine in the late <laughs> 80s. <laughs> Uh, so do they not get Mad Magazine in Ecuador? In conclusion, can't wait for the next week. The whole world is madness. I've been okay, but now here's my other question. Do you think CRT TVs are gonna become come back? I don't know. There's we're we're at a stage in between smart TVs and flat screens that are a decent size. I don't I don't see any to go up to a smart TV. But there's still people out there who are like, I gotta get some more VHS tapes. <laughs> sure. Can't tap my VHS collection. <laughs> uh, so my, my, I was having this conversation today with Dan, where we were talking about like WikiLeaks and its effectiveness to potentially like topple governments, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which I, which I, like I said, I, I 100% agree with like more transparency from the government and all that stuff. But I was like, they could like to me, be like, here's some footage of Vladimir Putin shooting a guy in the face, and Putin would be like, okay, like what leaks could like harm. The Russian government, like, Here's really, you know what I'm saying? Like, like they could be like, just like anything, and the Russian government would be like, "Yeah, we are very corrupt." No, <laughs> we, we like, spent fifty billion dollars on Sochi. It would have fifty billion. Hotels <laughs> 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 weren't finished. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would, it like, would have to go the other way. It would have to be like, uh, like serious character assassinations, in, you know. Vladimir, Vladimir Putin. Putin cannot wrestle bear. <laughs> Lies. Uh, I was thinking more of Vladimir Putin making sweet, passionate love with a fine-looking Russian gentleman. Like that, that kind that of thing would, would fucking do it. Uh, yeah. I think that would kind of oh, like. Oh, maybe yeah. not. If he's like, my sexuality knows no limits. I can fuck all of Russia. Here is picture of me fuck bear. Here is me fuck bear. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Is they're sort of like like the governments that essentially become like immune to leaks are the ones that are just openly corrupt. Like, yeah, it's kind of like it, I was like, ah, oh, that's not the best. Like, did you guys read um, Guns, Germs, and Steel? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but you told me about it. Great. So Scott read it. It had it, it made a like a I read it and watched the documentary. Mm. Uh, the splendid documentary too. I quite liked it. So the um, 
it, it, its main hypothesis is that there's a distribution of natural resources that led to the states of inequality that we have in the world right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading this new book called um, uh, Why Societies Fail. And um, it is positing that that, that like that, that resource distribution thing is a good starting point, but you have to look at the way that humans govern themselves to understand why, why societies do fail in the long run. And he points to a number of places in the world where it's like two cities right side by side and they have wildly different states of um, standards of living. And so like it, it can't like be the resources, the right? It can't be the resources. It has to be... Um, it has to be something about the governance. And he goes into a lot of details about this, but the, the main thesis in there is that if you're living in a society that doesn't have security for your possessions and security for your labor, mm -hmm. you are never going to be incentivized to produce, right? You're never going to want to create new things because you're going to know anything you create can be taken away from you, yeah, whether yeah, it's yeah, yeah. stolen or whether you have a czar who's going to whatever. Or, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. or you're working ways. at Marvel Comics. Well, it's the Donald Glover thing, right? It's the Marvel Comics thing. Uh, but like Donald Glover has this comedy bit where he's like talking about like his dad. His dad is like, "It's the worst time to be a human." He's like, "Man, dad, no, it's not." Yeah. You know, he's like, "If a group of strong dudes show up to your house, kill you, and take everything, there will eventually be repercussions to those dudes." That was not always the case in human history. Right? Like, there was no repercussions. Just strong dudes could come and take everything. And there were no repercussions. So that element of like a protection right. is basically... Well, and that's, and that's part of North American first world privilege, right? Yeah. Isn't having that protection. But yeah. And to the Marvel Comics point yeah. is uh, the last great Marvel Comics character that was created was... Deadpool? Deadpool, 1991. Probably. Because if you create a character, you have one in your head that's like the best character. He's so cool. He's going to get his own book and then he's going to get his own movie. He's going to make Marvel millions of dollars. Fuck that. I'm just writing another Wolverine story. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm, like right. I'm not going to give my A game to this company. So let me just wrap this up really <clears> quick. Um, when you see places in the U.S., so one of the things that they identify as why societies fail, like there's a lot, you know, you can look in history. Societies get bigger and bigger and bigger, stronger. They do all kinds of yeah. things. And then what changes to make them start failing? And his thing that he identifies is that they, there's always powerful elites at the top who change systems that they're disproportionately benefited. And a society that was... Um, protecting people slowly ceases to protect people, right? Yeah. You look at that as in the Russian Empire, where originally it was a republic, uh, not Russian, the, the Roman. Yeah. It was a republic. It was all, you know, government by the people, blah, blah, blah. It became an, aut an autocracy. The fucking Caesars came in. They took everything for themselves. Yeah. The place went poor. People stopped working hard and it falls away. So You see that in America now. You see that like in America right fucking now, yeah. where there, there's like essentially this like powerful elite that's c controlling power for themselves. And the long-term consequence of it is going to be the collapse of... Um, North American civilization, Fair. or at least the like the hegemony of the U.S. Yeah. over the world. But then, I mean, you have like I said, you can look at the Russia example as like a, a giant whoopsie doodle because like they they I don't had think their, it is they, they don't really have the same world power that that people that they, think that they, they used to. They certainly don't have the world power that they used to. Their military but, is like a fiftieth the size of the U.S.'s, right? Yeah, but that's like true of the entire planet. Yes, like, but but that's how disproportionate. No, but, but I'm just saying, like, but like, but Russia had the Russian Revolution like less than a hundred years ago, yeah. like built themselves up to like an actual superpower, like collapsed and still like, protected like the top percentage, and that's the only it, people that are it, having a good time in Russia. Yeah, exactly a hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah. Was it? 1917. Oh shit! Yeah. Fucking right. It, so it's like I was like, that's <laughs> history major. You know what I'm like? Like they they were like they tore they <laughs> university. That was their degree. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's got to be like some kind of like that's like. <laughs> like society on fast forward as exemplified in Russia. Like sure. they, they tore down their monarchy less like a hundred years ago, 
built themselves back up to a world power within like 50 years mm-hmm. and then like 30. collapsed it again. 30, 30 years. I don't think they were a superpower to post-World War Two. Yes, absolutely they were. That's like well, ha- They won the World War. They won World they War Russia World won World War II. Yeah, I, and I'm then aware. took over half the world. Right. Right. Okay, so yeah, so 30 years after tearing down their monarchy, yeah. they were a world power. Then they were like going... I'm toe- loving this. This is like running my wheelhouse. <laughs> then they were going like toe-to-toe with like America. Then like collapsed. But then like the rich people stayed rich. And then like the bottom is just like fucking... I think it's a big paper tiger. There's no fucking... There's, like Tell that to Georgia and the Ukraine. Like I don't think they're a complete paper tiger. Like there's a lot of the- more poor countries around them that they can screw with. Like they can't go toe-to-toe Crimea. against like... The major European powers or America, but like they're still okay. I guess when I say paper tiger, I'm saying like like rank ten, rank twenty out of the world. I would say ten, easy man. Like, I don't know. We could probably look that up. That would be really like how big is Russia's military? Like yeah. population say... plus nuclear arsenal equals world power. The 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 nuclear option is um... and like plus they still have nukes, which yeah. like bumps yeah. them up. But like but that, but that's what I'm saying. It's like they're just a mess. Like they absolutely are not like where they were right but there's still I, I would say like a major heavy hitter behind i mean guess like, like obviously behind america probably behind germany probably behind france uk like Ab- china way behind all of those places like exactly Maybe? i think they, china china yeah. china passed them probably think population population production capability like they could probably beat us unless we trick them into playing hockey yep like you know. that'd be pretty sweet wars were resolved <laughs> by <laughs> like robot the, jocks the emperor of the world has decided it has to be Games of hockey. Well, it's robot jocks. Robot whole, jocks would be pretty awesome. Robots fight. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just so just sorry. Hockey made me think of this. <laughs> <laughs> what are you apologizing for? We just yeah. go. This is very odd. 130 episodes. This is now's the time. Now is the time. <laughs> everybody. Now's the time to apologize so for my tangents. <laughs> like 130 episodes. I would say like two to three tangents per episode. <laughs> So, our our listeners know what they're in for at this point. If you're listening at this point, you know. So, uh, but just like talking about like international hockey, um, so the NHL is putting together the schedule for the next season and have not yet really confirmed whether there is a break. The current schedule doesn't have a break schedule next spring for the Winter Olympics. What? So now that makes perfect sense. I totally does. understand that. The Olympics are kind of like supposed to be an amateur thing, right? Well, and it's not. kind of bullshit. Like, that I feel a... that it's kind of been replaced by it's supposed to be the best of the best. Like if you were right. a weightlifter, the absolute best weightlifter in the world is competing at the Olympics. Yeah. Same with sprinters. Same with sprinters. Same with just about every other sport. I guess that's a good point. So what's anyway? What's all the, all the professional uh, javelineers are there. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I don't think that the. The element of like amateur sport is, I think, kind of gone. Yeah. You're supposed to be, have the best of the best, but I'm like, but I don't think it's gonna like really change anything because I was like, all it'll actually probably make hockey even less interesting, because like countries like uh, like Slovakia and whatever have some NHL players, and if they can't play anymore, they're just gonna have the like Slovakian juniors, which is not a good thing for Slovakia because Canada's going to have Canada's juniors who are going to be made up entirely of drafted NHL players who have yet to make their debut. You know, like, yeah. I was Canada's like, what? just going to fucking well, it'll be, well, it'll be Canada and USA. Yeah. No, Russia's going to win if, if that's the case because Ovechkin has already said he doesn't care about the... But Ovechkin can't just, like, steal an entire gold medal. Sure. Yeah. Ovechkin and Kovalchuk might be able to and Datsyuk because Datsyuk's not at the yep. NHL either. Ovechkin, Kovalchuk, and Datsyuk are just going to run roughshod all over the entire thing. The junior mm-hmm. population of hockey players yeah, in the world. That's the greatest goal scorer of our generation. Yeah. 
Uh, Exactly. So it's like, it's such a bummer that, yeah, exactly. Russia would probably run roughshod and then Canada, US would be battling it out for who gets to play Russia. Because Russia also has a professional league that is going to give their players there, which is the KHL, which is like... What's the argument from the NHL? If you are a billionaire owner of an NHL team and you send your Sidney Crosby across the world to play hockey... he breaks his hand. And he breaks his... He he gets hit in the head. He gets concussed. For his fourth or fifth concussion. Yeah. Might end his career. Yeah. And the uh, IIHF, the International Ice Hockey Federation, and the... IOC, the International yep. Olympic Committee, refused to take on the outrageous cost of insurance for these professional players playing in an amateur mm-hmm. tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, as an owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins, say, yeah. fuck that. I have no interest in doing this. Yeah. Why would I allow hey, this yeah, to yeah, happen? Yeah, yeah, totally. You also There's... have a guaranteed contract to Sidney Crosby to pay him $10 million a year, regardless of whether or not he's injured. Yeah. So you have to pay him one way or the other, and your asset's broken. Your asset might never play again. It You're sounds not- like a thing that could be negotiated by players individually. Like, if they wanted to participate in the Olympics, then they put that into their, their pay and expect, a, like, a change in their pay which, because they are going to risk themselves in this manner. Which like, it absolutely is. It's right. a negotiation between the NHL and the NHL Players Association. Right, yeah. right. And, and it's failing. It's failing. Yeah. yeah. The NHL is, is, is so far this winning thing. this. Yeah. Strong-arming it, and all the players want to go. Right. Like, the players love it because the players enjoy playing for their country. Well, you got to go and strike. Yeah. yeah. Sort of. The players who are going love it. Yeah. I mean, but the other the players other guys get a week off. off. Yeah. They're not super fans of the compressed schedule around the Olympics, though. Yeah, exactly. But then the NHL responded by making a compressed schedule for the World Cup for dick reasons. <laughs> and everyone who played in it had a shitty season yep. the first three months. Yep. So stupid. Anyway, but it's kind of a bummer because I was super excited because the uh, next Olympics are going to be in South Korea, mm-hmm. Winter Olympics. Which means that if they follow through on having the men's gold medal game be Sunday afternoon, which it always is, if it's Sunday afternoon in South you Korea, you think North Korea is going to fuck with them? Wouldn't be a hell of a time to, I guess. If, they were, if ever, wouldn't they it were be? If ever to, there was a time to for North Korea to do the like when the fuck when like the world spotlight is on. But South they didn't. Korea. They didn't in Seoul, right? There was no major. When Seoul? Yeah, Seoul That's Olympics. 88? That was eighty-eight, though. This is a different. There are different people in charge of North Korea now. Yeah, yeah. And I think... Yeah. And they Father have been firing rockets, right? I feel like every couple of weeks I read about them rockets. shooting rockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But either way, uh-huh. to summarize the story, that would mean that puck drop on the NHL gold... Or the Olympic gold medal game would probably be at around like 1 a.m. And I was like, everyone in Canada will be hammered <laughs> at like puck drop. <laughs> and I was like, that is a recipe for riots in a lot of Canadians. Disaster for downtowns across the country. <laughs> exactly. I was like, everybody's going to be out and drunk at the beginning of the game. It's like, game's going to end around 3.30 in the morning. Like, that's I was amazing. like, whoa. I was like, this is a bad recipe for Canada. I was like, maybe that's why the NHL doesn't want to be involved. <laughs> like, just North American <laughs> hockey towns are going to be losing their minds. North uh, America. Three cities. No. Okay, but I'm just saying, it's states. <laughs> there's American. If, if, if it's a Canada-US final, like... There'd be no rioting. Boston will go crazy. No. They'll just take the excuse. No. <laughs> There'll be like 300 people in Boston. They'll be yeah, like, doing the damage of a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so angry. No. Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, and that's all you have to worry about. That's yeah. true. You know, you know, little baby riots in like Calgary and Edmonton being yeah. like, yes, we can. In, yes, we can. They except just tear down the mall. In except in Calgary, and Ed- <laughs> in Calgary and Edmonton, 3 a.m. in fucking January? It was like minus 40 in Edmonton. They'll be like, They'll be like tear it t- 
go back inside. Yeah. <laughs> Tear it down. It, get to the warmth. Let's see if we could just do a number on the mall. Let's tear down the water slide. Yeah, that's that's what's gonna no. Yeah, we don't. Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver. I think that's we'll, the we'll, three three cities. There's I feel gonna like, be some mm-hmm. hilarious late. I feel like the National Guard can handle that. <laughs> do they call them to get them on standby just to be? Uh, <laughs> it's like the October crisis, the January crisis, <laughs> February. Another right? Trudeau calls in <laughs> martial law. <laughs> <laughs> Calls in martial law to the like the 2018 drunk Canadian hockey riots. <laughs> so many drunk Canadians just took to the streets at like four in the morning. Uh, hilarious. Mm-hmm. John, you said you were playing a video game. Sure was. Um, you are you familiar at all with uh, Planescape Torment? It, the name? It's a PC game, so yeah, it's a PC game. So, oh man, I love Torment. I Torment love that game. Is a magnificent I was title. Going to make a zinger about your wife. Uh, but like I, I love, love torment. I'd be like, it explains why you married Pac-Man. Hiyo. Okay. Planescape torment. I love my wife. I love torment. I love my wife more. I love torment. I love my wife more. <laughs> torment. Planescape torment. Kickstarted. Uh, uh, kickstarted. The unofficial sequel. The unofficial sequel. Tides of Numenera. Uh, Four point one million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, recruited half of the same team that made the original Scott's still torment game. At me. I know it's really kind of intense, <laughs> and I. I had a whole bit here, and it's gone. Go on. Planescape, Torment. Planescape. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's, it was one of the most successful Kickstarters. The spiritual, yeah, it's one of the most successful and earliest Kickstarters. It's been four years, I think, since they originally Kickstarted it, so it's yeah. a very long production time. In the time... Um, so, so anyway, it came out a week or two ago. Yep. I feel like it is a absolutely successful translation of the game, of the original Planescape. Okay. I feel like they... They're so close to doing something new and great, and they went a little bit safe. Okay. So your character in, in both of these games is immortal, is like, every time he dies, he sort of can lose some of his memories. He remembers something from his past lives. He's running around trying to figure out kind of like who he is. Right. So it like treads a lot of the same thematic ground. And I really, I can't kind of tell if they're, if they're doing it in homage or if they're doing it because they're, they feel like that's what the Torment brand was. Or and if... Or- also, I mean, like another thing too that they were—I I was listening to like a, a a podcast where they talked about things like Kickstarter and stuff. Yeah. Where you're like, creatively, when you kickstart a thing, you're like, if you're no, if you're no, making a normal thing, you have like a producer. If you're making a movie, a video game, or whatever else like that, yeah. there's a person who's like, I am giving you the money. That person gets a say. It's usually only like a small group of people or a board. Yeah. So when the people, when you're crowdsource a thing. And, like, people gave you $4 million to make a game because it's going to be like Torment. You kind of creatively, you're like, I guess they kind of want it to be like the original. Like, exactly. Like, why else yeah, would yeah. they give me that money? You know? It's a platformer. Wait. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Like, like there's so, kind of, like, this expectation. You're like, oh, we need to kind of make the game that those people gave us the $4 million to make. So how close did they remake the original one? Do you remember in Torment how shitty the combat was? It was, like, janky. Yeah. You'd click places. Your guy wouldn't walk to the right thing. That's the same fucking thing in this game. <laughs> I don't know if it's, like, they, they just, like, <laughs> fucked up somewhere along the development cycle and they changed, like, a core component of the combat system and then now the new one is just, like, oh, God, it works, you know? Like, ship the game. And, and, and that's what happened. But the combat is super janky. Fucking your guys d- don't make any sense. But it's okay because you can talk your way out of, I think, every combat in the game it's pretty nice. cool like the social options are really really yeah. good the the writing is is like better than the original planescapes cool. in a lot of ways um, Gra- graphically is it like retro yeah, yeah. look or is it nice look or it's it's still pretty retro okay but it's like exactly the same sort of like top-down look as the original planescape just the graphics are super crisp mm-hmm. but it's still a 2d 
okay. sort of game. One of my favorite claims to gaming fame is that I lost Planescape Torment. Yep. It's a game that you can't lose because every You're time you die, tomorrow. you wake up again. Yeah. yeah. I lost. I got the lose screen in Planescape Torment. Explain. Explain how. Uh, there's one point in the game where you're in the underworld and you're fighting a lot of undead characters Mm -hmm. and uh, they ask you to be their king. And the game says, do you want to do this? And you say yes. And then the game says, are you sure you want to do this? Yes. And then the game says, are you really sure you want to do this? Which if you've ever played D&D, when your DM is doing (laughs) that. Three times he asked. (laughs) I said yes. And then it said, you sit in the chair and the chair makes you into an undead King. king but you're an immortal so you don't really die so you just keep dying and you sit there and that's the rest of eternity the end Aww. fun the, the, i was like hmm. you're like i, I never that. played again <laughs> you're like this is my no. ending <laughs> i think you got chaotic neutral if i recall yeah. correctly like that that's like a tough thing in that game so it like all your decisions track your alignment and so it can it can change as the game goes on yeah. and it's it's tough to be crazy like, totally random. Some people, you kill them. Some people, you help them. Sometimes you, like... Sometimes you do both. Yeah, and... The Save game... my baby! Here's your baby, ma'am. Thank you so much! Uh, <laughs> killed it. Well, the... Why? Well, Why the... did you do three hours of gameplay to do that? <laughs> that was... That was just a side quest. Well, that, that's always why I felt that there should be, like, better morality systems within, like, Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Like, because Grand Theft Auto games seem to just be all over the place. I mean, I don't know. I haven't played some of the more recent ones. Maybe that's introduced. But it's, like... Like, the whole, like... Save a prostitute, sleep with the prostitute, kill the prostitute, get your money back. And you're like, what is happening? <laughs> like, there should be repercussions for some of this. Like, I shouldn't be allowed to just go about there, my day. There was in Planescape, all of your party members would act differently around you based on your yeah. alignment. Yeah. Like, so they, they, that's one part of the game that I feel like they really didn't, didn't succeed on. I don't know if they failed, but they definitely didn't succeed. That was also, like, the best part of Fallout 2. The NPCs? Well, not just the NPCs, but the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, Follow 2, you can also even have, like, different reputations in different cities. Yep. yep. Where you could be, like, a complete monster in one and, like, okay in the other. And you're sort of, like, you got to remember which city you're in because you have to, like, behave differently. Absolutely. Like, you, so there's two, there's two elements to it. This is such an aside. Two elements in, in Follow 2. Yeah. There's your overall karma score. And, and then there's also the location-based yeah. um, uh, treatment. Anyway, final, final comment on all that. They, none, of the, none of the NPCs in um, the new Torment are as compelling as the NPCs in the first one. Uh, like, there were so many good NPCs. Fucking memorable guys. Like, the Zerth, Scully, the Zerthamon, the, burning the man. floating skull, the fucking Ignis, the floating burning man, the succubus who gave up succubusing and only does intellectual delights. The fu- Like, they're so fucking cool. Or that crazy uh, suit of armor you can pick up all the way at the end of the game. Anyway, there's none of that. In you the, gotta in imagine. The... I don't make it that far. I died. <laughs> you gotta imagine that, like, it, it kind of sucks, but, like... That because assuming that even with a four million dollar budget, that's like piddlywinks for like modern video game. Oh, totally, totally. Like that. It's a team of like fifteen people. Or yeah, 10 exactly. People, that's yeah. it. And you're sort of like in stuff like your characters and your character development and like your all that stuff is like probably low on the wish list. Like it sort of sucks. Yeah. But I mean, like you can kind of see that you're like, I'd rather have a. And I mean, it's an easy call to make. Would you rather have like a compelling overarching story yeah. or like meaningful NPCs? If you have to pick because you're on a constraining budget, you know, you're like. I'd rather my story be cool much more fleshed it. out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. And like, not for nothing, video game developers on Kickstarter. Like we're we're three writers with character creation backgrounds. We've <laughs> been playing D and D on a semi-weekly basis <laughs> for the better part of twenty-five years. Could you just could you send us a tweet and said, "Hey, you guys want to make some NPC party members with deep, interesting backstories?" Mm-hmm. We would have been all over that. Like for instance, 
the three of us. I, I, I just, have a character who I just <clears throat> came up with just now, who is actually like a, an immortal character who sit on the uh, sat on the crown of the, on the uh, throne, on the throne of, the of the undead, undead yeah. and then like die. Uh-huh. This is the original Keith idea. You yeah. So, <laughs> so and, and he's like he, he's immortal, but he's like stuck and then on died the throne. eternally. But then, as in the game, you come and you destroy the throne, freeing him. Eh? That's great. From his a great bit. Torment. Hey. Oh, it. <laughs> I will admit I have not finished the game, so they might turn it around on the characters. What's uh? What what hours are you into it? How many? Thirty. Thirty. Okay. Yeah. And do you have any like online? Tips on how long it is? Is it like a fifty-hour game? I feel like it's about fifty. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get the feel. I'm on the way towards the last segment. Okay, yeah. neato. Also, the one thing I did want to talk about, because mm-hmm. uh, we're talking about games, yeah, like loosely related to video games. <laughs> we played the XCOM game. We did. That was fun as fuck, wasn't it? Have you heard about the XCOM board game, Scott? Uh, yes, they made a board game of XCOM. Yeah. So, the XCOM board game is you play, it's best with four players, I guess. Yeah, it's just you can play yeah. one player and you'd yeah. be like, me. You'd be like, why would you not just be playing XCOM? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, each player represents, I guess, like four of the like, departments. The CIA has taken over your, your, your computer. Yeah. That's why. Oh, that's true. You'll you have to play low tech XCOM. No, but you need an app. You do you need, need an app. You need, the, yeah. uh, you need like an, an app to play this so they could get you there on the app. Yeah. Anyhow, so you play like four departments of XCOM, whose XCOM, if you're not familiar, is job to defend Earth against extraterrestrial threats under like a pooled budget from the planet. Yep. And so you play the four departments. You play like science, communications, command, and squad leader, who's like in control of the grunts. The communications officer has a tablet. The tablet basically tells you, uh, I guess like akin to... It runs an app. Yeah, it runs an app, yeah, but, it, yeah. but it's just like there seems to be like some sort of a random element, or maybe it's just scenario-based. I don't know. Yeah. Like which, so like every turn it'll be like, you need how many crisis cards you need to draw, how many monsters spawn at the base, how many coins you get from the... Uh, thing, or what are you going to research this turn? Yeah, exactly. You, like, it just sort of like dictates the pace, and everything is timed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so right. The, it'll be like, all right, are we like, are we ready for phase one? So the, before we even click ready, we want to talk about like... What's our strategy this what's, what's our strategy? Right. What, how much money do you think we'll have based on like how panicked the planet is? How much like... Because like the more panicked governments get, the less likely they are to give you like pooled resources. So like if you have everybody freaking out because there's aliens in the sky... They're less likely to give you resources because they're like XCOM's not doing. It does anything. seem kind of backwards though, right? Like if I if I at first one day I saw one alien floating around and then everything was okay, and then I was like, oh, you know, I don't really need to spend money to defend myself. But then there's like a hundred aliens in the sky and they have but laser I think, guns. I think then the, I would want to give more but money. But I think that the uh, the concept though is I'm that you're wrong. doing such a bad job of it that you're like 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 I feel that that's to represent that China like, will not give you more steel. China will take care of China's interests. Exactly, right. that's right. it. I feel that that's like to represent that the fact that they're putting money probably into their own defenses instead of. XCOM. Sure, sure. Like, that's like, they're like, you know what, we're just going to rely on our own military. XCOM, why are there still 10 UFOs in our skies? Right. Because <laughs> Keith didn't deploy Anderson's, is why. I think we but won the game, though. So you we, did we deploy. We won the tutorial game. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be fair. We won the tutorial game. So everything, everything's. Wait, happening. wait, wait. Can I just ask? Yeah. Just jumping right to the end. Yeah. Did you upload a virus? Is that how you defeated them? No. Did you put a virus on their computer? I don't know. We, and then we they were just like, ah. To kill some people. No, yeah. What was your final we, mission? There no, was, was, final was mission. the grunt? Was the grunt Jeff Goldblum? Maybe. So I don't really know. But who knows what like those tokens, what those like skill sets were, right? Because like, it was it was one fight and then it was two skill challenges to defeat yeah. the final mission. So maybe. Yeah. Maybe there was one guy running through. Maybe. Oh yeah. No, it was the it was the dude you trained. Did you train like an assault or a sniper or something? And then. Yeah. 
This, this it sounds kind of goofy as we're describing it. It's actually quite quite cool. So like, well, basically, so like to, to give the average turn, once you have like set up your like strategy, where you think money is. John says, I want this much money for science. Uh, Jaime says, I want this much money to deploy satellites. Nip says, I want this much money for men. I want. I personally need to control. Nip money. is buying men. Mm. He went to the man market. Men. <laughs> We need to call the reserves of the man market. The man. We ever play it again. Do you want more dudes out of the man market? <laughs> anyway, come up with your rough will, budget. Will the governments continue to Will stop? they continue to fund Nip's desire for... <laughs> will the governments continue to push money into the man market? Uh, anyway. That's how Putin gets overthrown. <laughs> so anyway, so then you click that and you're like, I'm ready. Okay, go. So the first thing is they're like, okay, your budget for this round is this many tokens. So you've already made a guess. Then they tell you this is how much budget it is, and at a certain point, I'm going to be able to pull from my emergency funds to try to make what we talked about happen. John, as science officer, will research various science things that could give buffs to either himself or any of the other three players. He's like, "Okay, go," and you press the stop. Classical languages. Yes. Mm -hmm. Arc cannons. Arc cannons, plasma guns, all that stuff, and it's all like I said, everything is time based. As soon as he says done, you have to press done, and then it goes to the next round to deploy satellites. Next round, deploy interceptors. Next round, deploy men. Then you budget yourself. You do a quick audit. You can either be over or under budget. We never were over budget, never, yeah. but I'm assuming something terrible happens. Apparently, if you mismanage time, it starts screwing up the order of things to make it even harder on you. So things can happen like the UFOs can attack before you have a chance to scramble your interceptors if you're mismanaging the time element of the game because you're like, there's a communications breakdown. You're not working fast enough. So you can like, the game like makes the turn happen late. Because you're mismanaging your own time, so super fun. In in, in a like in a sense, it's four little mini games that are tied together by like a cooperative effort, and that are managed by an app. At its core, it's like super cool. And I don't I don't think that like any of the individual mini games is like cool, super amazing, or like the the mechanics that they use are really interesting in and of themselves. But yeah. because they're in this like time based team based kind of yeah, organization, yeah. it comes it comes out really really fun. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like yeah. <clears throat> like it's also there's just like some some neat stuff. I find that like just because like just because like squad goes last, mm -hmm. like well we never we never fucked up our timing. I don't think. Yeah. I think if we if we had done that, he would have been deploying troops before he knew how much money he had before like whatever. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. And yeah. I bet in a real game that happens. Yeah, quite a lot. yeah, exactly. You might get your budget allocated only like <laughs> midway through when you've already like had to send a bunch of defending, so you have no idea how to spend. So it's like if you start mismanaging the time, that can yeah. happen. Cool. Anyway, super fun like game, and I mean like. We like it felt intense and a little stressful on the like Bobo on the Bobo setting. like welcome to the game scenario. Yeah. And it's like like we did win and I think that we won we win. That is the past of winning. Uh -huh. We win. We won I would say fairly easily. Yep. Right? I mean like we didn't lose any continents. They were all kind of moving up to the red, but I feel that that's almost it was under control. Yeah. Uh we never went over budget, or, like we never felt any of the time constraints hitting. So I was like we did win, but even in that like scripted Bobo version scenario, it still felt like super tense and like, okay, you do this, you do this, how much is that? Okay, do next, and you're like running around and like figuring out all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Super fun. I'd say the most like a like a low tech land party. Totally. Like, yeah. <laughs> like basically a land party where you just have. An the only animal. downside is that it's max four people. So if you're like. I think, but I think any more than that would be a nightmare. Probably, almost. like, yeah. like even like four people felt like this is the very limit of number of people because totally. you're also like it, it keeps things going fast enough that even when it's not your turn, you're like you know that within a minute it will be because yeah. of the timed element, you know. So you're like, if there's more people and you could like 
you had to sit around a little more, I think it would be very, like, it would take you out of the game a lot. Yep. That's what I think. Nobody checked out any movies. We haven't mentioned a single fucking Scott, uh, I'm not finished. I'm not finished with gaming, actually. Oh, oh snap. <laughs> Just gaming news. Okay. Uh, so the Nintendo Switch launched. Yeah, sure recorded. Yeah. I and, played one. And did you hear some of the wonderful complaints about it? It doesn't have accessible save files. So right. if your Switch dies, all your saves are dead. Correct. Right. Uh, the, the, dock, dead... the dock can scratch your screen. The dock? Scra- the Nintendo dock that you put the thing in with oh this has a screen on it. Yeah. it scratch your screen. It doesn't actually scratch a usable screen, but you know they're like how there's like the black part around the screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it but scratches you can still, It can still scratch the thing you bought. That's so dumb. the thing you bought. The dock costs $80 and does nothing if you want to have two docks. Like say you want to have like a Switch dock here and a Switch dock on another computer. Yeah. $80 for a dock that does nothing. The dock is just an HDMI out port, a USB port, and a power oh port. Oh my god, that's there's, so fucking there's scummy. There's no processing whatsoever. You have Dead. no way to plug it directly in, so you need to bring the dock anywhere. Yeah. Which everyone's like, that's also dumb, because... It's just a cable. It's Fun. just a freaking cable. Yeah. Like, plug in an HDMI port into the thing and just do it. Oh, that's so uh, dirty. When it's docked, the external um, stand, when it's not docked. Yeah. So if you put it on a picnic table, yeah. like they show in the ad... Oh yeah, it's uh, like a pencil. It's like a toothpick. N- and not only that, the... Um, the power plug for it on the go yeah. is on the bottom of the screen. So you can't have it plugged in and, 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 and the playing. The, kick yeah. oh the kickstand is seriously like a little toothpick that kicks out the back also. Like yeah. It's a, like designed to bust. The little controllers feel cheap so, as hell in your hands. The battery dies super quick. Maybe this is Nintendo's exit strategy from the video game world. And, and my favorite is a bunch of them launched with dead pixels. Yeah. And they said dead pixels are end user problems and not covered by warranty. They're like, the oh, you thing, bought this brand new thing and it's got a dead pixel on it? Just deal. Deal. Okay. It also, it also has better uh, better frame rates on the handheld version of it than on the screen version of it. Because on the handheld version, it puts out 720p. And on the when you plug it into the dock, it puts out 900p. But since the dock does nothing, like right. the dock could easily have like some RAM backup or whatever, right? Like it wouldn't even... Sure, maybe. Like, like not, maybe not easily, yeah. but I'm like, it's something that if they wanted to design... That the dock so it runs has a sluggish on your screen. More sluggish than I mean, it's very like upscaling. we're talking like people are like using frame rate monitors and okay, stuff. Okay, like, okay, it's okay. not like anything that you can notice. But it is also experiencing there is some frame rate drop on the Zelda title, which the Zelda title it wasn't even developed for the Switch. It was developed for the Wii U and they ported it over to the Switch. Wow. So you have a launch title developed for a previous iter- generation of a console well, that already has some slowdown. That's and you're like, pretty common though. Like early generation titles are always pretty crappy. Think about Super Mario Brothers 3 versus fucking Mario Brothers 1. For like, sure, but like, I feel that my PS4 you can't, could yeah. play any game that the PS3 could, basically. Maybe not because the PS3 had wonky architecture, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that's it. It's all it's all architecture coding. You know, yeah, like, but that's the same. But it was still pr- like... Architecture coding? What does that even fucking... You know. That's great. That sounded smart, but that fucking didn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> the episode title is... <laughs> sounded fucking coding. smart, didn't mean anything. Architecture coding. <laughs> so yeah, week. great, great news. Yeah. On the upside, did you have good news? Was that supposed to be a positive? Well, well yes, they, they are stocked in stores, so you can go buy your crazy. Oh. The Zelda game also, though, apparently is it's amazing, like a triumph, like it's yeah. like pretty, like I, like the term like greatest open world game ever is being like kind of kicked around. I like, keep hearing that too. There's always so much hype about Nintendo games for like three or four months after the new system launches. Yeah, give it a give it a while. For maybe sure. I mean, like obviously, yeah. like I'll hang out. I'm not, and I'm also not gonna. I'm not, not gonna buy a, Switch, a console yeah. for a Zelda game. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I, the last Zelda game I played was the one on the Wii. There's been Zelda games since then. Not one that's got bad battery life. And yeah. It's so close to being cool. Like, when I think of the Nintendo Switch and the, like, functionalities that it brings... It might I be was, broken like, out of the box and too bad for you. Like, oof. That's real bad. But, like, when I think about the handheld thing that I could plug into the computer and then I could pass the little controllers and all that stuff, I'm like, it does, it, to me, it reminds me of a video game console that would exist in the animated universe of Batman Beyond. 
<laughs> and I'm like, and that's cool. And I was like, Batman Beyond took place in the future, and this is the kind of video game console that they would have on that show being like, this is crazy. Yeah. It's like, conceptually, I'm super behind the Switch and the innovation involved in it. Functionally, it seems like it's kind of a turd. Yeah. Well, Nintendo has been doing that. They keep putting out systems that yep. are not that great, yeah, and Wii with three or four good games, and that's it. Garbage show. Yeah. The Wii, the Wii U sold, I looked it up, 10 million copies. Huh. Down the X Bone is because the, they Xbox after like their crappy first year or two whatever stopped releasing, like officially stopped releasing console uh, sales because they said that it was no longer a metric of success. Wow! So you're like what? So like if you go into like Wiki- <laughs> your business selling things is no longer measuring <laughs> like you, how many things So if you go to like Wikipedia, sells. it only has numbers up to 2015. But like oh people people have like found ways for like like they they like extrapolating like paid Xbox right, right, right. accounts versus whatever versus like this and that other things. Still, so that's a weird thing for a major company not to release those numbers because it's no longer a metric of success, so they don't report it to shareholders. So uh, it's fucking out of there. Units out of sold, yeah. no longer a metric. But I mean, but yeah. like you can kind of if you if if their like metric becomes like Xbox Gold memberships, like you're basically giving that information. Only okay. you're telling. Anyway, so what, what are the numbers? They, yeah. They're at about twenty six million, and yeah. the PS4 is over fifty. Yeah. So like PS4 sells two to one to the Xbox One, and like five to one to the Wii U. And the Wii U, they just like pulled the plug. Had like a l- three or four year shelf life, which I mean, mm-hmm. like was. Normal back in the day, but like the PS3 had a eight year, eight, eight years, yeah, and the PS2 was like ten. Yeah, exactly. 11. That's it. Like yeah. a four year shelf life in modern consoles is like almost unheard of for for Nintendo to have just bailed on it completely. And I don't think their price point was lower enough to compensate. Yeah, it was you know? lower enough. It was. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not like it was like 150. And that's bucks, the thing, yeah. man. Like, screw you, Nintendo. Like the the Mario Kart game that's coming out. A A is not a launch title, mm-hmm. and B. Is like never oh, is. Huh? Mario Kart never is. A okay, but title. this the Mario Kart that's coming out in April is Mario Kart Eight, which already came out on the Wii U. Like it's it's the same game ported. It's the same game ported Fuck. with maybe like a track or two extra or something. Yeah. Like they're calling it like they're like Mario. It's like Mario Kart Eight Switch Edition or whatever. It's like it's not even Mario Kart Nine. And I was okay. like, what are let's you? say Come in on. the next three years, fifty percent of these consoles fail and burst into flames and burn down the homes. Okay, and then they release down the homes, the homes that, that I was in. Okay, and then they're, they're <laughs> the like, oops, you were all, sorry, we fucked up with this Wii thing. And then now we're going to release a new Nintendo. We're going to call it the Nintendo Bibble, and it's going to be like three laptops that connect to each other like Voltron. Okay, yeah. and you have to buy all of them. They, people would still buy them because they're still going to be innovative. Because that seal of approval game. means things. Well, it's and Nintendo it's only, knows it. It's the only way you can play Mario. It's the only way you can play, play Zelda. Zelda. It's That's the it. only way you can play Smash Brothers. It's the only way you can play Mario Kart. Like all those games that people like, love. And I don't know. It's just it's yeah. crazy. Yep. Yep. Crazy go nuts. Yep. So those are some fun news. Do, 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 do. I'm really excited that Scott watched Top Gun. I watched Top Gun yesterday. <laughs> How was it? <laughs> Uh, I watched it. All right. So background on, on How Scott. How great and, is the Top Gun <clears throat> High Five? So great. So great. <laughs> so some background for me uh, on Top Gun. Right. Um, every summer, my father would drop me off at my grandparents' place for a week in the summer. And my, my grandfa- grandparents' place was Top Gun Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, are you a fighter pilot? All right. <laughs> <clears throat> so when I was a kid, I would have to spend a week in the Eastern Townships with my grandfather. And... He had six videotapes. Just six. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Iron Eagle 1. Iron Eagle 2. <laughs> well, Iron Eagle 3. Top Gun. <laughs> actually, a bunch of Marx Brothers stuff. And like Laurel and Hardy. 
and like one that was like 1930s cartoons like fun Felix like, the like, Cat stuff like that okay. like and Top Gun and stuff yeah and Top Gun so I've seen Top Gun good easily 50 probably closer to 75 times that's right. a lot of times to see Top Gun to see Top Gun yeah mm-hmm. I have not seen it for about 10 years right and yesterday Riss was out Archer was napping I had like couple hours of quiet time and i was kind of maybe gonna nap so i wanted to put something on i was very familiar with that if i dozed in and out i wouldn't be super upset or super lost so i had a nice 1080p version of top gun and i popped that movie on although you might be lost in val kilmer's dreamy eyes yeah Yeah. he is a very good looking gentleman (laughs) um and i'll tell you what i really liked watching top gun (laughs) I can imagine, like I like I haven't seen it in a really long time, but I'm like, other than the fact that I feel like there's too much romance, like I feel that it's like here's here's the thing about the romance that I noticed, it is a much more adult romance than I thought. Like there was there was themes involved about like romance in the workplace. Don't they kind of choose their careers over the romance a little? A little bit, yeah. yeah. And there was like yeah. stuff that I never really appreciated before, mm-hmm. but they handle it in a very adult way. Nuanced, even. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> the cinematography, the photography in this movie mm-hmm. is outstandingly good. Yeah. The, the action sequences for fighter jets zipping around could be completely nonsensical, and there's no point <clears throat> watching mm-hmm. that where I didn't know what was going on. They film so much of this movie at sunrise or sunset that it always looks beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Always looks beautiful. Always looks great. Is it super cool (laughs) when Maverick races the fighter pilot down the thing on the motorcycle? On a motorcycle. motorcycle A lot of those weird scenes are much shorter than you remember them. I thought the beach volleyball scene was painfully long. Right, and it's it's yeah. like two and a half minutes. It's not actually that long. That's a long time. Like it popped on, and to I was be like, watching men playing volleyball. It's it's super out of place. Yeah, it, yeah. it is in the middle of uh, like a f- fighter school slash romance in the workplace. Two story arcs. Yeah, and then for two and a half minutes, they play volleyball Boys against each just other. Just wanna have fun. They don't play that. Playing, <laughs> playing with the boys. That's yep. true. Because I remember, okay, Top Gun was one of the first uh, CDs that my dad owned, like from like as a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a kid, dun, 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 dun. basically, yeah, Danger Zone all day long. Yeah. But playing with the boys also, but then like <laughs> skipping through most of it. But playing with the boys was also. I was like, <laughs> and then Keith still has to take my breath away. But there's like a lot of like I don't even know what's on the soundtrack. That song won the Academy Award for Best Picture, You're Best Music me. Song in a Picture. Uh, Berlin. How 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 steamy is the sex scene? Because as a kid, I remember it being pretty steamy. Yep. Well, knowing that Kelly McGillis is a lesbian now, and knowing that Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise now, <laughs> the sex scene is kind of hysterical. Because like, you're like, uh, there. These, these people are acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way either one of them is into the other one. <laughs> like, um. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's an eighties sexy scene, scene. Yeah. movie. Yeah. Um the cast is outstandingly good. Yep. Um Anthony Edwards, Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Tom Skerritt, Michael Ironside, Tim Robbins Ironside. has a bit role in it. Great. Uh the principal from Back to the Future. Nice. That guy mm-hmm. is in it. It's great. Totally enjoyed that movie. I'm i I'm watching it, I am stunned that there was not a sequel. 
I can't like it made so much money. Like even like one of those like weird crap sequels where nobody's in it except totally. for, like the flight leader. And right. you know what? I bet <laughs> I bet that thing moved some fucking F fifteen toys. Uh, I bet well, there was like one. One, I'm I'm not concerned at all with military joining the military being. Uh, I had an F fourteen Tomcat poster in sure. my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie made three hundred and sixty three million dollars on a fifteen million dollar budget. Wow. And the United States Navy. 1986. Six, yeah. And that movie, like, made the career of Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer Productions. Mm -hmm. Boom. Everything Bruckheimer came from that. Hmm. Um, The United States Navy experienced all-time high recruitment not seen since the Second World War. (laughs) I get that might... That actually could be the reason, like, because like, I'm like Hollywood is. Pretty... Did that make people anxious? Yeah, yeah but I'm never saying Hollywood. No, they, like... they had full full work arrangement with the Navy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. to get access to the aircraft, the aircraft carriers. carriers and... We have like Hollywood, like big Hollywood, like left wing money and all that stuff. Like if they saw that, they'd be like, "Do we do?" Another? That's just that's just crazy because those movies come out with super regularity, glorifying movie, the like, military like the every fucking year. That do, yeah. Like no, but like and they give recently, they give them awards now. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, but, yeah, but more. More recently, war movies show like the harrowing elements of war. Basically, Goose dies, and everything else is just rock and roll badass Top Gun. That's true. Like, you know, I, like there, there's, I, there's no way that that's the case. There's no way that they would turn down money. Would turn down yeah. that much that's money. Fair. Yeah, fifteen million dollar budget, three hundred and sixty-three million dollar take. That's the box insane. office. That is that is Blair Witch kind of money. Okay, so. How did that only cost fifteen million dollars? They had fucking F- the United States Navy gave them cooperation. Right. They, they right, wanted right. they wanted to say and they wanted They're to like, shut, sure. show it off. And then the, the cost of doing the shoot involving jets fucking flying through the air was zero because the Navy was like, yeah, it'll be fun. We'll send the boys up with some cameras. Yeah, yeah and the, and the Navy was cameras sh- on the yeah. on the on the aircraft carrier. We don't need to build an aircraft carrier. Yeah, those yeah. those and those shots look I'm fucking amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Even thirty one years later, like. Yep. Okay, so uh, Hollywood. I have a writer's room of three people right now. Top Gun ready 2? to write Top Gun 2. It's me, Scott, and John. Are Starring, like, I'm thinking Zac Efron. He hasn't done anything for a little while. Zac Efron's been in a lot of shitty comedies recently. Yeah. Right? That's but you, you want to give him, like, a serious him? role? Yeah, like a fighter pilot kind of role. Mm-hmm. Called Maverick 2. <laughs> it's Maverick 2. Listen up, Goose 2. I'm Iceman 2. <laughs> Just like everybody in the... <laughs> <laughs> right, right, let's cast it. Who's Goose? Who's Goose? Like... Who's Goose? Seth, Seth Rogen? No, because Seth Rogen hasn't lost the weight. Uh, who's like James Franco? James Franco's yeah. Goose. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and Channing Tatum as Iceman. There it is. Perfect. Who plays Charlie? Charlize Theron. No, not lesbian enough. Have you seen that? Juno. Like what's her face? <laughs> <laughs> um, Ellen Page? Ellen, Ellen Page. Page. Ellen Page is Charlie? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It's, Maybe it's it's meta amazing, <laughs> and I guess the volleyball scene has to be a shot for shot remake. No, it's actually the same shot. <laughs> just as nonsensical as it was in the first. It's <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer again. And you're, just, you're just like green screen in like the like the current cast being like, this is really weird. You sure can play volleyball. <laughs> Playing with the just boys. Out of nowhere. <clears throat> Uh, I watched another movie uh, that was surprisingly good as well. I watched Rush, by directed by Ron Howard. The Lauda, Nikki Lauda, James Hunt, F one. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Duel, yeah. dueling yeah. racers. Two two 
Formula One race car drivers. I seem to and, recall it getting smashed in the um, critical reviews. Well, it was a movie about race cars. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, but it's about the people about race cars. Yeah, but it's there's never good. been a good movie about race cars. Huh. Ever. Like, never been a movie that people have loved. Gunball Rally. Speed Racer by the Wachowski Brothers. Lies. Days of Thunder starring Tom Cruise. Days of Thunder did very well, though. <clears throat> but Gumball Rally is also like, love. So is Days of Thunder. It's mm-hmm. a Days of Thunder. Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights I did not like. I didn't <sighs> see it. I, shake of, and bake. Of, of, the, like, of the major, of the major feral like, vehicles, oh, it's, like, yeah, it's yeah, among yeah. the weaker ones. Yeah, totally. <laughs> if you can drive with a cougar in your car, yeah. then you not can drive. Not that there's no fun answer to be had, but I'm just saying. Uh, Rush um, was good. I enjoyed it. Just before you talk about Rush, when you said I watched Rush, I thought of the movie Premium Rush, which is the movie where Joseph Gordon Levitt is a, a bicycle courier. You know, I was thinking of Rush Hour with Jackie Chan, and uh, I was there. Maybe it did poorly because it was called Rush, and there were so many other movies people thought of. It was better than I pre- thought of the robot dog was, from Mega Man. <laughs> it was better than Premium Rush. It was not as good as Rush Hour. Huh. Too bad neither yeah. of those movies are on the list. Otherwise, this would really help so, out ranking. <laughs> so I, I already I already knew the story of Nicky Lauda and James Hunt going right. into it. I watched a documentary on it, and I could see where it was going slowly because I knew what happened to, right. to both of them. Um, and But I was invested in it, and it was super weird to see a movie that had two main characters that were both mostly assholes. Well, yeah, because hmm. they're F1 drivers. <laughs> yeah, like one of them was uh, a showboating, womanizing uh joie de vie kind of guy yeah. and the other one was a cold calculating German I'm in it for the money and I don't race if I don't feel it's safe character did Ron Howard narrate it all like in Arrested Development well, I had no idea it was a Ron Howard directed film until the end of the movie I was like oh that was pretty good I, I'm surprised that I hmm. enjoyed a movie about two assholes who were kind of endearing by the end of it and directed like, by Ron right. Howard I was like oh that right. makes sense there was a guy who's a master of his craft and it's right. like right at the end they were sort of like and that lead brings us the Buster. Yeah. I actually read this thing that said Ron Howard's last four movies have been fairly large financial failures. Oh, well, He's he did been... Inferno, which we talked about a yeah. couple weeks ago, and that was not Give it over. They can't be all disasters Wonderful. because he directed all of those movies, and only Inferno was like a disaster. I'll, I'll have to get the list. I don't want to. Like yeah, other, Da Vinci Code made. Yeah, made the bank. other Da Vinci movies made bank for sure. No, no, no. The second one did terribly. Second one did better. Yeah, was Inferno the second or the third one? one? Maybe it was the third. It was the, the third, third one, one did terrible. Yeah, Inferno yeah. did awful, but I think, yeah. I think that was the third one. I didn't even know it was out. Inferno. Yeah, like, it was a marketing failure. The movie wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. They're pretty, pretty repetitive. Maybe I saw them on Netflix because like, I thought it was Dante's Inferno, and you Pierce, didn't want to see that Pierce Bros film about a volcano exploding. Uh, Why would you not want to watch that man? That volcano going off and they're driving on the road with the ash hitting the cars is fucking intense. It's a good scene. No, that was Dante's Peak. It was Dante's Peak. Dante's Inferno would be the... Is the book. The book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but By Dante. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the that, that book features heavily in, in Inferno. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was the oh. games, right? Anyway, that's too much. Rank these movies, Scott. Top Gun. Straight to the top. <laughs> no, number <laughs> one, and we're done. <laughs> I was going to say... Like, Top Gun, though... If we're, I mean, if we're talking about look, theme songs... If we, if we, exactly. I was going to say, like, like, if we had a list... Like, of theme songs. <laughs> Best movie theme songs of all time. Like, Danger Zone has to be... Okay, but it's still kind of like a fun movie. It's I, got, I don't, you, it's know what, you know what sucks about Danger Zone? That Take My Breath Away won the Oscar. Yeah. How did that happen? Poor Loggins. Okay. Loggins. 
my thinking, mm-hmm. like early on, I mean, I honestly cannot see Top Gun cracking the top ten. Nope. What's number ten? The Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. No, we're going down. And underneath Conan the Barbarian. Going down. Underneath Hackers. Hook. Deadpool. It's better than Deadpool. No, Deadpool's better. Hmm. Song of the Sea. Don't no, that's better. Uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. No, Potter's better. Whale, it's fun. Like we all really like this movie, but it's not a great movie. The thing is, is that I mean, like it's like basically the proto Jerry Bruckheimer film. Yeah. Right. Which I mean, yeah. like, so like, how high can you rate that? Like, yeah. Uh, I feel like, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Force Awakens is better. Ooh. Yeah, I agree. Um, Suicide Squad. Didn't see it. Hmm. Give me what's around Suicide. What's right above Jurassic Suicide Squad? World underneath. Seville on top. The Descent above that. It's better than The Descent. Is it better than the Ghostbusters remake? Yes. So it is just underneath Star Wars. Episode 7. Yeah, I'm yeah right that's there. perfect. Yep. Uh, so, Rush. I guess we'll start at, you said it was, was better than Top Gun? No, no, it was not better than Top Gun. Okay, was it better than Star Trek Beyond? No. It was not better than Star Trek Beyond. Was it better, better than Rubber? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. It's a tough one. What's, what's, what, what's under rubber? The Evil Dead by Sam Raimi. No, I'd rather watch Evil Dead. Moana. Uh, Moana? <laughs> oh, that's like comparing. X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, man, I finally watched it. That was so fucking horrible. Whew. I would is that, is that yeah. is that is that that's the next one under Moana? Yeah. Yeah. I would put it right there, right between Moana, Moana and X Men Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Just above X Men Apocalypse. Okay. And that's that's yeah. not a slight on on Moana, because that was a fun movie. <laughs> but X Men Apocalypse is like really bad. That's that's the line where movies get shitty. Yeah, yeah, X Men yeah. Apocalypse uh, well, I was actually talking about this uh to a listener about like, like our gateway films. Yeah. And I was like X-Men Apocalypse, I think, is definitely our bad gateway. Yep. And then, like, Batman v Superman is our awful gateway. <laughs> the mid-rank is, even though it's kind of getting in the upper realms, is still, what do you call it? Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Yep. And then I feel that, like, great movies... Uh, Where did I say? Yeah. I think Stand By Me is kind of the, like... The line for like great movies, mm-hmm. like Stand by Me and Up, are Mo- like movies we would readily re- rewatch. Yeah, exactly. Movies I have no problem you, rewatching. You, you just put The Edge of Seventeen onto that list. I would literally rewatch that right now. I really loved it. Eh? Yeah, I, I think I, I that, watched that I watched trailer. Like Fifteen minutes of it. I don't know. It it's didn't it's grab just me. like and that. That trailer just. I watched that trailer and I was like, I, I don't know. I'm fine. I'm sated with this it's, plot. It's, uh, exactly. Like, I, yeah. like to, and I mean to to defend The Edge of Seventeen once again. Uh-huh. I was just like I I was like flabbergasted at how. You can have a character who is in, like so well written that you can she makes terrible decisions and you're still rooting for her and she doesn't come off like a dumbass. It's just like it's like a, such a feat that is like so hard to do. I felt the same way about the characters in Rush, but I didn't want to throw it that high up at the list. <laughs> and it's like entertaining and funny and like it's it's like literally. I wish I was a 17 year old girl when I saw this movie. <laughs> Change the quote on the list. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was a 17-year-old girl and I'm changing it. (laughs) Wow. 
I really, really like that movie. Like I, it was very good. Like I said, if that movie existed when I was in high school, that would have that would have been in my rotation. Like Ally Empire Records, Ally uh, Days and Confused, Clerks. Like that would have been like one of those like hmm. tapes I owned and rewatched like all the time, like hundred percent. I'm gonna have to check this out. I mean, you might Maybe. disagree. Yep. I mean, like, like that is the that's the rules. You can you can if you watch a movie and then make succinct arguments, you can re rank it. Right. Or at least argue it to be re-ranked, and then be Empire Strikes Back is still the best movie. I know, I know, I know. We gotta, we gotta, <laughs> we're, not, we're not done. We're not done hitting that old yeah, hammer. This has been the Nine to Five Entertainment System. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to check us out on on Twitter. My, Facebook, my Twitter. Facebook. I'm at, at Risker. You can check Keith out and the rest of us at Nine to Five CC, and like us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes. That'd be cool if you did Subscribe that. anywhere, man. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Google Play. Subscribe on Stitcher. Like, just click on subscribe. Don't just, Do just watch the one. Thanks, friends. follow us on twitter we're at sign number nine to number five cc on twitter so uh and also be sure to check back on the site for something on mondays probably uh we have zombies and loathing after the bomb usually on tuesdays we have a new comic in 95 illustrated every wednesday a new podcast every week usually on thursday it's either going to be a 90s or a go plug yourselves and on fridays we have fine arts with either sophie and scott and uh you know maybe john will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point too you can only hope all right thanks nine to five dot cc we're not working why should you Thanks for listening.